Oh, what a crazy year, girls. I mean, so much came that was unexpected. And I know everybody's story and journey throughout the last year is so different and unique and challenging. Yet there was so much growth and new opportunities that popped up. It's just been a year for the books, hasn't it? If there's anything 2020 has taught me, it's this idea of letting go of expectations. If I were to write myself a letter in January of 2020, it would probably go something like this. Dear Jess, you're so cute with your ambition and ideas. <laughs> Little do you know the entire world will be changed. I don't want to take away your excitement or your enthusiasm, but I need you to know that this year is about the journey, not the outcome. This year is about adapting and adjusting and letting go of what you can't control. Those thoughts are something that I really want to take into 2021. And I want to share with you guys because I think specifically in the arena of food and exercise, this is a posture that can be really helpful. I have a love-hate relationship with this time of year. On the one hand, I'm a huge goal setter. I set goals every year. I create a yearly bucket list. I do a vision board. Like I'm one of those obnoxious people that loves all of those things. But in order for me to get to a place where I loved those things, I had to let go of expectations. Just like 2020 really reminded me. It's letting go of those expectations that allow you to grow in the journey. And when people come in to the new year with their diet and exercise goals, and there's an expectation of an outcome. If I eat this way, I will lose this amount of weight. If I go to the gym this often, my body fat percentage will change in this way. There is a very clear expectation. And I think that expectation is strongly influenced by diet culture mentality that wants women's bodies to look a certain way. It's those expectations that kill our progress because we don't meet them. I mean, who does? <laughs> we can never meet those expectations because they're they're smoke and mirrors. They're never enough no matter what we do. And so when we don't meet them, most of us are perfectionists. And so we'd say, oh, I'm not getting to where I thought I would. Therefore, I'm going to throw in the towel. Forget it. And then we stop. And so we lose the benefit of the journey and we lose opportunity for growth in the process going into 2021 if there's one thing I can convey to you all today it's to maintain this posture of curiosity instead of expectation what I'm going to be doing for you guys today is breaking down some really clear steps on how to stay present in the journey so that you can work towards your outcomes but that the outcomes aren't as important because there's so much to be gleaned from the journey ladies we're going to be talking about how you can maintain your progress and stay social. This is one of my favorite topics because I am a social butterfly. I mean, this is why diets never worked for me because <laughs> coffee dates, happy hour, early morning brunch dates, breakfast, dinners, any of those things are my jam. I mean, I love good conversation over food and you just can't do that while you're on a diet. To me, it's really, really important to find an eating lifestyle that you can do these things. You can go to your kid's birthday party and enjoy the food there. You can enjoy holidays without stressing out. I know we're all coming off that. Don't worry, we'll talk about it. I want to give you ladies some basic principles on how to make peace with your plate and start the intuitive eating process today. Put down the fad diets, stop looking at what she's eating and what she's doing, and let's tune in to our own bodies. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. It's time to finally break up with dieting and choose to live boldly and unapologetically in that bodacious body of yours. If you've had enough of your inner awesome being eclipsed by body hate and you're drowning in that sea of nutrition info out there, girl, I made this podcast for you. 
Become the healthiest and most energized version of yourself through confidence, food freedom, faith, and body empowerment from science-backed nutrition and energizing foods with a little wiggle room. Because who doesn't want a side of donuts and a little wine does the body good? (laughs) I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we can finally live free in our own bodies. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. Today's episode of Fuel Her Awesome is brought to you by Studio 410. If you ladies are looking for boutique brand and website design specializing in women-owned businesses, Kelsey Lensmeyer is your girl. She believes that every woman has a special gift to offer the world. And instead of spending your precious time and energy on the things that you're not so gifted at, source it out. Kelsey happens to be incredibly gifted at brand and website design. So if you're struggling in that area, ladies, reach out to her. She is your woman. Visit Studio 410 online at studio410.com. That's studio, S-T-U-D-I-O-F-O-U-R, and the number one, number zero, dot com. Be sure that you mention that you heard about Kelsey on the Fuel Her Awesome podcast to receive $100 off your first design services. So a big shout out to Kelsey over at Studio 410 for bringing you ladies today's show. All right, let's dive in. Cube promo. Okay, this is the time of year all the diets are coming out strong. Who knows what the biggest one's going to be this year? I mean, in the last couple years, it's been keto and intermittent fasting that were the the hot diets and the hot things to try. But I have just a strong opposition to all of these fads because at the end, a diet like this equals restriction. And I have a major problem with this. And I'm going to give you guys some stats as to why I struggle with this. So looking at some of the younger generation that's looking up to us. So I'm going to talk specifically about younger girls looking up to us older women. Whether we are moms, big sisters, aunts, whatever we are, they are watching us. And here's what we know. They looked at a large study of 14 to 15 year old females. And they found that dieting was the most important predictor of developing an eating disorder. So if someone did moderate dieting, and when I say dieting, I mean, and when I mention dieting, I'm referring to restricting diet intake with the goal of losing weight. 14 to 15 year old females who engaged in moderate dieting were five times more likely to develop an eating disorder. Extreme restriction, they were 18 times more likely to develop an eating disorder than those who didn't diet at all. Guys, this is sad. 68.4% of girls and 51% of boys exercise with the goal of losing weight to avoid gaining weight. Guys, these are kids under the age of 18 that they're not out there on the soccer field enjoying the game of soccer. They are out there because they want to lose weight and they're not showing up for the extra practice on Saturday morning because they want to be better on the soccer field. They're doing it because they want to lose weight. This means energy that could be spent on engaging in friendships, going to high school dances. I mean, all of those normal teenage things. Instead, that energy and attention is put towards changing my body, losing weight. Guys, it gets worse. Girls who diet frequently are 12 times as likely to binge as girls who don't. Furthermore, multiple studies have found that dieting has been associated with greater weight gain and increased rates of binge eating. And my most, I think, convicting statistic on dieting is that 95% of diets result 
in rebound weight gain. 95% of diets fail. And I don't think you need science to tell you that. I mean, (laughs) how many of you guys have tried to diet and you've been that 95%? I mean, it is something that's just not sustainable. So I want to shift our energy into what we can do this year. So if it's not keto, intermittent fasting, carnivore diet, vegetarian, clean eating, whole 30, whatever those diets are. I'm not saying they are, the diets in and of themselves are damaging, but I think the mentality that we need to eat in this restrictive way denies us of our basic biology. So I want to shift our focus today. I want to give you guys three very simple, very easy things to do. These practices, I can guarantee you, will help you get towards that goal. Whatever it is, whether it's weight loss, increased muscle mass, better energy, healthier food choices, wanting to want to eat healthy, whatever that goal is this year, these three things are going to help you walk towards that without the expectation so that you can actually grow in your relationship with food on this journey. So number one, I want to introduce you to my favorite and I believe the basic principle of intuitive eating to engage with your hunger cues. So I know this sounds so simple. It's like, Okay, I want you to listen to your body and when you're hungry, eat. (laughs) I love when I tell my clients this. (laughs) They look at me like, well, no ish, Sherlock. But the thing is, a lot of us are, we're on autopilot and it doesn't work when we're trying to make food choices that are in alignment with our body. So if we're on autopilot, this means we are going throughout our day. This is someone eating their lunch in front of their email, multitasking. This is moms chasing their kids, eating, you know, one chicken nugget in one hand while they're feeding their kid the other chicken nugget in the other hand. I mean, we're generally just a society that operates doing a lot of different things at once. So we tend to be on autopilot. So this concept of honoring your hunger is actually quite foreign and something that we don't often do. So here are some ways you can tell if you're hungry. Your stomach will growl. You might get a little bit shaky. You might get a little bit lightheaded. Some people get headaches. One of the things that my body does, which is I don't know if I'm alone on this, but my eyes get red. You know, my eyes start to get very heavy and I get my eyes get bloodshot. In fact, one time my son looked at me and said, Mama, why do you look so tired? And I thought, oh, this is great intuitive eating opportunity. And I told him it's because mama's hungry. And so we stopped and we ate. But this idea of honoring your hunger, I know can be quite scary. Every time I say this to a client, they look at me like I'm crazy because one, they're like, I don't even know what my hunger cues are. And two, Jess, if I ate when I was hungry, I'd be eating all the time because I'm always hungry. And I want to just let you guys know that those are normal responses to this. And I think being um, nervous to eat when you're hungry is a very normal thing because our culture teaches us to not trust our bodies. And I'm here to tell you that it is quite the opposite. I mean, your body and the hormone balance is beautifully crafted to give you the messages that you need to keep you on track with what your body biologically needs. So what I want to challenge you all to do this year before starting any diets, I just want you to take note of your hunger. I mean, try it for two days. I guarantee you will not gain any weight in two days by just eating while you're hungry. Go through the day and just catalog what hunger might feel like. Just take note and then see what happens when you eat in response. Now, this has to be done in a whole day's time because if you do it just in the morning, you're not going to get all the information you need. We need to look at it at least an entire day. Take the two days, start eating when you're hungry and see what changes. I think you guys will be blown away at just how impactful this can be. So that's number one. I want you to honor your hunger. Check in with it respond to it. Yep, that means whatever you're doing, you're going to have to take a pause and find some food somewhere. I don't care if you're 
you know, driving around town, you've got a million more errands to run. Guess what, girlfriend? Pull over at a gas station and get a granola bar. Or dig in your purse. If you're a mama, you probably have something in there. You're allowed to eat your kids' fruit snacks. It will be okay. Whatever it is, we want to honor that hunger and see how your body responds. Number two, taste your food. Again, this sounds like another simple concept, but I think about it. How often do you truly taste the food you're eating? Here's how I see it playing out in most of the people I work with and how how I used to eat food. It was like I tasted the food that I loved. So if I was getting nachos, oh girl, I was sitting down digging in and tasting every single one of those chips, getting the perfect balance of queso, chili, chicken, guac, sour cream. I mean, I was focused. I tasted those babies and they were delicious. But throughout the rest of the day, when I was, you know, running from class to work to the gym, wherever I was going, it's like I'd grab a granola bar, shove it down my mouth. I didn't even taste it. You know, it was like I was on to the next thing. I was so busy. Now how it presents with my kiddos is like I'm making them food and while they're I'm yelling at them to try to get them to eat then I'm over on on the other counter trying to get my bowl of oatmeal down I don't even taste it while you are taking catalog of that hunger cue also take note of the food you're eating taste it make it a point to taste the first three bites of every food you eat and we're just going to notice okay so we've got honor your hunger taste your food And the third thing I want to encourage you ladies to do today is feel your satisfaction. Feel that satisfaction factor when it comes to food. I'm a huge Britney Spears fan, so I think of the Britney Spears version of Can't Get No Satisfaction. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it for you guys. I'm going to spare you that. (laughs) This is something that I see so often with women in food. It's like we cannot get any satisfaction because we deny ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to enjoy food. Whatever that food is, whether it's a salad, which salads can be delicious, or pizza, or a donut. I mean, whatever it is, it's almost like if we enjoy it, we feel like we're partaking in something naughty or bad or we're giving in and we can't do that we miss out on the ability to connect with our body and see what our we feel like when we're full and satisfied because ladies when it comes to intuitive eating and learning to eat with our body instead of fight against our body we have got to be able to take in both the hunger and the satiety or the satisfaction cues because this is what's going to help guide us while we eat It is so much more rewarding to go into a meal with this mentality of, okay, how hungry am I? How much food do I want? I'm going to eat until satisfied rather than going in with this notion that I have to stop when my plate's at three-fourths finished or when I have some rule that I have to meet. They've done some really interesting research on comparing intuitive eating to what is called flexible control. So so flexible control in general is operationalized by behaviors such as taking smaller bites than desired or serving yourself a certain amount of food and being consciously trying to reduce the amount you're going to take in, taking weight into account when making food choices, and engaging in compensation. So under this umbrella term flexible control would also be the idea of like if I overeat tonight I'm going to run an extra mile tomorrow and they've looked at hundreds of different studies comparing intuitive eating to this umbrella term flexible control and it's pretty incredible what they found they found intuitive eating to be inversely related to any eating disorder symptoms which you guys know I'm always on board with but also BMI 
body fat percentage, cardiovascular risk, triglyceride levels, food-related anxiety. Sign me up for that list because I don't want to have anxiety when I'm around food. Thin ideal internalization. So in other words, practicing some of these intuitive eating principles allows you to release that obsession with having that thin body, body preoccupation, body shame, and self-silencing, negative affect. Like, come on, this list is incredible. And when they compared that to flexible control, they found that there was emotional distress, anxiety, depression, impulsion, body image disturbance. I mean, all of those things still presented, even with this more flexible dieting pattern. So guys, these basic principles that I'm sharing with you I know they sound scary, but they are incredibly powerful. And I wish I could wrap this up and put it in a pill and give it to people. Because every time I say, let's try intuitive eating, it's like I have to give this long speech about why it's a safe thing to try. Which again, like sidebar is really interesting to me (laughs) that we would rather try keto. Like we will buy keto strips, test our urine, starve our body of glucose before we'll just try to listen to our hunger. There's something very wrong with that, that we're not, we're so afraid of reconnecting with our God-given biological cues. And so I just want to give you some of this research that's behind intuitive eating because I know it does sound very simple and almost sounds too good to be true. It's like, no, if Jess, if I just listen to my hunger, there's no way. If I just feel satisfied, no way. If I taste my food, this sounds dangerous. I'm going to be binging all the time. Because on the one hand, it's like, okay, so what? Let's say you do taste your food and you love it. Let's say you are hungry and you eat more than normal. Okay, guess what? That's only going to last for a period of time. And if you are hungry and you're loving all your food and you're eating more than you had before, chances are your body needed it. You've been starving yourself or restricting yourself of food for so long that you needed it. So there's a honeymoon phase there in the intuitive eating process. But as most pendulums swing, it does swing back and will come back. And this is where incorporating the focus on the satisfaction factor is so important because if we stay attuned to feeling satisfied or full, satiety is the word I like to use, you'll find that most people don't like feeling uncomfortably full. You know, we feel kind of icky. We feel lethargic and tired. And so learning to eat to a point that isn't above an uncomfortable point of fullness is actually more rewarding. So now when we're looking at a certain food that may have been off limits before, so let's take, um, oh, I'm a huge carbs girl. So let's take uh, sandwiches. In diet mode, we would look at a sandwich and go, okay, no, I can't have a sandwich because there's bread. So I'm just going to have the turkey. If we're practicing intuitive eating, it might look like this. Okay, I'm hungry. And I know it's been a while since I've eaten, so I'm going to go ahead and have a sandwich. I'm going to have the bread and the turkey and the cheese and whatever else you want on your sandwich. I'm going to taste this sandwich, paying extra attention to the first three bites so that I really get a feel of what this food tastes like and if it is something I prefer. And you give your brain the opportunity to decide, do I actually like the sandwich with bread more than without? Or is that just something I'm drawn to because I've told myself I can't have it in the past? And then you eat the sandwich. And then about three-fourths of the way through, you start noticing you're not quite as hungry as you were before. You're not as shaky. The lack of nutrition fog is gone. And you think, you know, I'm feeling pretty satisfied. The sandwich tastes good. I'm going to go ahead and finish it. So you finish it. And now, instead of spiraling into this guilt of, oh no, I've had a sandwich. Now I've messed up my whole diet. Now I might as well eat three bags of chips and then throw in the cookies. And yeah, go ahead and tack on a soda because I'm screwed for the day anyways. Now it's, I just ate a sandwich. And I'm focused on my satiety factor. I'm focused on how I feel after eating a sandwich as opposed to this mental spin out. Ladies, 
honoring your hunger, tasting your food, and feeling that satisfaction factor. Three simple, not easy, I didn't say easy, I said simple, simple, challenging postures to take on when we eat food, but incredibly rewarding. I want to give you guys one more uh, research tidbit here just to reinforce how worth it it is to try these three things before you guys jump on a diet this year. Uh, There's a man by the name of Brian Wansink. He's from Cornell University and he conducts some really cool research. But one of his most famous studies is called the Bottomless Soup Bowl. And so what he did is he brought in people, sat them down at a table and would put them in front of a soup bowl. And he'd say, I want you guys to eat this until you're full. And he gave no other instruction. So there was no intuitive eating um, lesson prior (laughs) to this. So he'd sit them down at the table and they would start eating this bowl of soup. Well, some people were actually sat in front of a bowl of soup that underneath had this apparatus that continued to refill the soup bowl. So they didn't actually know it. It looked like their soup bowl was never going down and they were just eating, but it was being refilled. What he found is that folks that didn't pay attention to any of their hunger satiety cues, they were just on autopilot. They're talking with other people. They're not engaged. They're kind of disengaged from the food. They ate 73% more of that soup. 73% more. So what this says to us is that if we don't actively engage with the food that we're eating, we tend to just kind of go into that autopilot and overeat. And I think that's where we get nervous to trust our biological cues because we think, gosh, if, I, if I'm not, you know, if I'm left to my own devices, I overeat. But there's a very clear distinction here. In this study, they were not paying attention to their biological cues. They were, they were just doing their thing. They were you know, talking with other people. The restaurant that they conducted these studies in, I hear, is pretty cool. <laughs> they were distracted. But if we pay attention, if we check in before a meal, how hungry am I? If we allow ourselves to feel satisfied and we actually taste our food, we can counteract that instinct to go onto autopilot. Now, I know, I know, like I'm hearing myself say this and I'm going, Jess, if I was listening to this podcast, I'd say, oh, but I'm so busy. Who has time to sit down and, you know, do all these check-ins? Guys, I'm not talking about doing a full-on meditation while you're eating. I'm just talking about checking in. So what I'm going to do for you guys, um, I'm going to post it in the show notes for today. It'll also be on my Instagram, but I'm going to share with you guys my hunger scale that I use. And so when you go into your meals this week, I'm not asking you to meditate or (laughs) to turn it into like a quiet meal where you're tasting all the food. I just want you to do these three things before the meal. Check in with your hunger and I want you to rate it using the hunger scale. What number are you at? Taste the first three bites of the food that you're eating. And if you're eating multiple things, I want you to taste the first three bites of each. So if you got a sandwich with chips and some fruit, three bites of all three. How do they taste? And then at the end of the meal, I want you to rate your satiety using that same hunger satiety scale that you guys can find on my resources. I dare you guys to try this. I triple dog dare you guys. The coolest thing about implementing these intuitive eating skills is that it really hones in and helps us fine tune our relationship with food. And if there's anything that I want to beg all of you to do this year is to let go of the expectations that you have for your body in 2021. And let's just get comfortable on this journey. I want to hear how it goes. So if you if you try this method, let me know. Post it on your social media. Share it with me. I love, love hearing your stories, guys. It's why I'm here doing this for you. And let's see what happens when we eat in alignment with our body instead of fighting against it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. 
Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, please take a minute to head on over to iTunes, fuel her awesome podcast, and leave me a review. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice, and they had the ability to step into their full potential? If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by body, diet, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission and share this episode on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you want more on overcoming body image and insecurity, my 10-step ebook is a great place to start. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and use the code lovemybody20 to save 20% through the end of January. Can't wait to chat more. Until next time, babes, cheers and happy eating.